Today's gospel is from the 25th chapter of Matthew, beginning with the 14th verse. Jesus said to the disciples, For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to the third one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. The slave who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents went and made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more, saying, Master, you handed to me five talents, and see, I've made five more. The master said, Well done, good, trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And then the one with two talents came forward, saying, Master, you handed to me two talents, and see, I have made two more. The master said, Well done, good, trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. His master replied, you wicked, lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents. For to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. The good news is better than this. That is what a woman told me one day a long time ago. She was an active member of a Bible study at a church that was not the one I was serving. Over the course of several weeks, she kept hearing a message in the lesson that she found to be increasingly troubling. The message went something like this. You better hurry up and choose, because you need to make a decision for Jesus now. 
This, of course, was unsettling to her because she had always found comfort in the fact that Jesus had already made a decision for her. Then, one week, she heard something she couldn't ignore. The presenter said, if you don't have works in your life that are showing, works that are visible for others to see, then maybe you're not really a Christian. Ouch. When she told me this, these words of Jesus came immediately to mind. Do not do what the teachers of the law and the Pharisees do, for everything they do is for people to see. If you don't have works that show, the speaker said, then maybe you're not really a Christian. That, the woman explained, was what made her want to stand up and declare, the good news is better than this. Today, we are in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem. It's Tuesday of Holy Week. Over the course of two chapters in Matthew's Gospel, 24 and 25, and mostly through parables, Jesus has been talking about the coming of the day of the Lord. In fact, each one of the readings assigned for today speaks of the same. The Old Testament reading from Zephaniah says, The day of the Lord is at hand. I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the people who rest complacently. That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. The reading from Thessalonians says, The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and there will be no escape. And the gospel reading for today from Matthew is hardly any better. Jesus tells the parable of a man setting out on a journey. Before he leaves, he calls his servants and distributes his property among them. To one he gives five talents, to another two, and to the last he gives a single talent. Note, there is no record of any instructions given to the servants, nor is there any evidence of any expectations on the part of the master with regard for what his servants might do with his property in his absence. Two of the three servants put the money of their master to work. They invest it. They take risks with it. They trade it. But most significantly, they grow it. In fact, they are so successful in growing it that they increase what they have been given 100-fold. The third servant buried the money entrusted to him by his master, which to me sounds like the prudent and cautious thing to do. But very importantly, it turns out to be the customary and obedient thing to do when your master leaves his money with you. Rabbinical law 
included a provision that said, if you do what that third servant did, bury someone else's money in the ground, then you are no longer liable for it because you have done the safest thing. A long time passes. And when the master returns, he settles his accounts with the first two servants. Seeing their great return, he announces to them, well done, good and faithful servant. And then the master rewards them with more and invites them to enter into the joy of their master. When the third servant presents the master with what has been entrusted to him intact, no loss, but no gains either, the response from the master is surprisingly, unexpectedly, and astonishingly harsh. The master says, you wicked and lazy slave. He takes away the one talent from him, and he gives it to the slave who had grown his five into ten, and the master says, for all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And then he has the worthless slave thrown into the outer darkness where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. The good news is better than this is exactly what I thought when I read the passages assigned for today. The good news is better than a master who throws his servants into the outer darkness for being prudent and cautious and protective and faithful to the law with regard to that with which they had been entrusted. The good news is better than a master who gives to the rich and takes from the poor. The good news is better than a master who acts ruthlessly without any measure of grace or mercy or forgiveness. You see, the problem with this parable is that it reads as a transaction. If you do this, then you can avoid that. If you produce an increase, if you grow what I have entrusted to you, asked you to watch over, then you will be rewarded. But if you do not produce an increase, if you return what you were responsible for intact, but without any gain, then you will be judged and severely punished. Moral of the story, Grow what you have been entrusted with, or else. Friends, the good news is better than this. God's holy intention is, and always has been, and always will be to reconcile this broken world, to redeem his people, and to restore all things. All things so that we might live as one the life that God designed for us in the very beginning. The Apostle Paul put it this way, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Let me read that again. 
God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Christ Jesus came for our redemption. He came to set us free from whatever gets in the way of our relationship with God and with others. He came to set us free from whatever fear is holding us back from. He came to set us free to be his partners in the gospel. He's not like the master in the parable who throws us into the outer darkness for not measuring up to his expectations, for not producing enough, for not doing enough. Our master has entrusted us with something of incomparable value. We have been entrusted with, as Paul writes, the message of reconciliation, a message of hope and promise. We have been entrusted with good news. Now maybe you have been cautious and protective and prudent with this immeasurable gift, afraid to say or do the wrong thing, afraid to fail, afraid to fall short. If that's you, hear this good news. Christ went to the cross for you. You've been made free. Be not afraid. The news is good. God is reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. This is the good news with which we have been entrusted, and it is too good not to share. Amen.